What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, finishing what we started yesterday, a look at the entire 2022 regular season schedule to identify the potential non-quarterback matchups that the Dolphins should be most concerned about each week. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com. And want to thank all of you for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. A lot of great Dolphins resources that are available to fans. And for those of you who choose to start your day with Locked On Dolphins, I thank you. Now, today on the show, it is Thursday, June 30th, 2022. And we're going to be finishing what we started yesterday, which was this exploratory measure of the Dolphins' regular season schedule to identify non-quarterback individual player matchups that the Dolphins should be most concerned about in each game of the season. So if you missed yesterday's show, stop, go back. It's on YouTube. It's on all your podcast apps. Get a load of that before you finish the back half of the schedule. We're starting with week 10 and going from there. Uh, it, this is a really fun exercise, kind of forces you to look at each one of the rosters held up against each other and omit the obvious layup discussion point, which is always going to be the quarterback position for better or for worse for both teams. So with the quarterbacks on the back burner, and there's a whole other content series we'll do on that. But with the quarterbacks on the back burner, we're going to continue today looking at these matchups starting week 10 with the Cleveland Browns. And when you think about the Cleveland Browns, the running game could be problematic, but that is more of a team effort. There is one player, in my opinion, who can absolutely wreck your game plan, and it's Miles Garrett, the former number one overall pick. So we're jumping right into this show today, and at the end, we'll kind of identify the most stressful ones of these individual matchups that we've identified and the least stressful ones of these matchups that we've identified. But um, yeah, for the Cleveland Browns, yeah, Nick Chubb, he's going to be a chore to tackle, but Miles Garrett can wreck your offensive game plan, especially when you consider the fact that he could be collecting reps against an Austin Jackson, or if Teron Armstead gets hurt, potentially against a Liam Eikenberg at offensive tackle. That's not a winning matchup for the Dolphins. And uh, the ways in which you combat that if you are Miami are the same in which we talked about yesterday when talking about uh, the TJ Watts of the world and the Carl Lawson's of the world. You run it at those guys, right? And, and you wear them out by working them laterally. Uh, but Miles is a freak of nature amongst freaks of nature. And he is... I mean, he, he has well lived up to his billing as a number one overall prospect. And um, it, it's one of those things where you hold your breath when you play him. Uh, there is no matchup of concern, however, the following week because the Dolphins are on the bye. And I like the fact that the Dolphins are getting more of a midseason bye as compared to a late season bye. Uh, and then they come out of the bye and they get a game against the Houston Texans before this back-to-back -back road trip. And then, obviously, 
uh, a handful of cold weather games in Buffalo and New England, uh, which are unfortunate stories that we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, the Houston Texans, uh, this is a team when we did a comparables of Houston uh, versus the Dolphins earlier this offseason. I believe the phrasing that I used was this this was an expansion team caliber roster. Uh, but there is one player in Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver, who I think is a matchup that he can get some wins. Now, the unfortunate thing for Houston is I don't think they have enough depth to force Miami out of taking that matchup with whatever player they wanted at any given point in time. Um, but we'll get back to that when we go into the confidence points of the matchups at play. The following week in San Francisco, however, is a really uh, challenging one to identify a singular matchup that you would identify as the problem. Uh, you have Debo Samuel, you have Nick Bosa, you have George Kittle, you have Trent Williams. And these, these are high-level players, and that, that's been the differentiating factor for San Francisco amidst their ability to get into the postseason a couple of times and make some runs as they have some hand, uh, a handful of elite football players that make elite plays. Eric Armstead's really good too. Uh, Fred Warner's an elite inside middle linebacker at the NFL. So there's no shortage of mismatches that you could point to. And if I were going to take the low-hanging fruit, yeah, I'd point to Nick Bosa and then talk about that for all the same reasons that we talked about Carl Lawson and potentially Daniel Hunter and TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, right? Like Nick Bosa's in that boat too. The recipe to negate that is exactly the same. I would say this though. I would not understate the impact that George Kittle can have for the 49ers in both the running game and the passing game. Now, I guess the silver lining here, if you're the Dolphins and coach Mike McDaniel, is the amount of time that you've spent around San Francisco you understand those players inside and out, and you can offer very unique perspective into, A, the ways that they're going to be implemented on a weekly basis and probably going to be implemented against you, and then, B, how to negate that as best as you possibly can. I'm, I'm not going to pick Debo Samuel, and I'm not going to pick Fred Warner. Um, because as good as you are as a linebacker, if there's offensive linemen in traffic that climbs into your face, or if you're tasked with covering a massive amount of grass, um, there can be ways in which you can naturally have some diminished returns as a football player. And, and Debo Samuel, for as phenomenal as he is, is somebody who won with a lot of scheme and won with a lot of broken tackles. Well, tackle him. And Mike McDaniel understands the scheme. He was integral in the implementation of Debo Samuel last year. I think the best pure talent that San Francisco has when healthy is Nick Bosa. But I will point to George Kittle as the straw that stirs the drink on the offensive side of the ball. He gets the run game going because of all the ways that he impacts and collapses and creates lanes. And he's obviously, you build off of that with the passing game and, and him being a target in the play-action passing. So I'll, I'll shout out George Kittle here and acknowledge him being a legitimate, legitimate threat to the Dolphins' ability to win that football game in week 13. 
RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or your daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price is the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. As we continue here, did, did somebody say something about a Bosa? Because the following week, the, the Dolphins get the other Bosa, and they're on the road again, and it's, it's now Joey Bosa and the Los Angeles Chargers. And... I'll give the the same spiel that I gave yesterday when talking about the Cincinnati Bengals um, because the Chargers have Keenan Allen and they have Mike Williams. And those two guys, ultimately, with Justin Herbert at quarterback, they're going to get theirs. You're probably not going to hold them to 140 yards passing offensively throughout the course of the game. And because of that, and because of who the Dolphins have in the secondary, I feel there's, they are as well-equipped as anybody to negate and challenge those talents at wide receiver. I will not be choosing one of them as this X-factor non-quarterback matchup that the Dolphins need to be very wary of. Instead, I'll look to the defensive side of the ball and just for the sake of, yes, I could bemoan the edge rusher selection to death, especially because Khalil Mack's here too. You got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the same defensive line. I could pound that into the ground and say, talk all, all we want about the issues at right tackle, and we know it. And it's going to come up again with the next two teams that the Dolphins play because Von Miller's going to be playing for the Bills in week 14 or in week 15. And you're going to have potentially Sean Gary and some other issues uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I know they let Zadarius Smith go, but Preston Smith's still there, and he's a good pass rusher himself. But instead, I'll, I'll point to Derwin James. Because Derwin James's value to a defense is the versatility and variety of different ways that he can attack you. You're going against these two edge rushers, you kind of know. They are speed, they are power, they are hand fundamentals. And that's how they're going to get after you. And you have to block that up, whether that's with play-action passing, max protect, whatever. And if you're going to max protect a ton, and the Dolphins can do this because of who they have at wide receiver, but if they're going to max protect a ton, and they're only going to send two or three guys out in the routes, then you're going to have to be strategic about the route combinations to make sure that you're using the speed to your advantage to implement and still manipulate coverage when there's less spacing in the field because there's less targets going out for passing because they're all staying in the block. Derwin is what J.T. O'Sullivan, uh, the QB school, former NFL quarterback, would refer to as a spinner, right? He can be down in the box as a pressure player. He can play high and then rotate down late. He can stay high. He can play in the slot. He can play linebacker. He, he, he's going to be anywhere and everywhere. 
But when he's in the box, you got to account for him. And having that third hat to account for in protection, in addition to the two guys on the edges, is where Mike McDaniel's really going to have to make his money as this offensive mastermind that he's been billed as. And because of that, I will acknowledge Derwin James as the pain point that the Dolphins, as a non-quarterback, uh, need to be most wary of entering into this football game. Miami in Buffalo. Uh, we mentioned Von Miller. Uh, we talked about Von Miller yesterday, and, and he's primarily been a left uh, defensive end rush linebacker, which means he's usually getting your right tackle um, coming from to his blind side. Austin Jackson, it's not a good mix. Um, but the matchup that I'm even more wary of the second time the Dolphins play the Bills is the weather. Mother Nature. Uh, because if the Dolphins have to go up north on December 18th and play a 4 o'clock kickoff game, which is what this is listed as currently being scheduled for, man, oh, man, can that go sideways in a hurry if it's a cold-weather game? Because we've seen what the cold-weather games have looked like for the Dolphins in recent memory. Has not been pretty. Tennessee, last year. Buffalo, the year before that. Yeah, sure, you went up in 2019 and you beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Great. More on that idea here in just a minute. But uh, we've already established that Von Miller is going to be a problem. Stefan Diggs is historically a problem. We're not acknowledging quarterbacks in this series, so we're not going to talk about Josh Allen. Mother Nature can, can really throw a wrench in the, this late season schedule if she does not cooperate with the Dolphins late in the year. When you play Green Bay... Week 16. I think this is fun uh, because Green Bay, historically, it's Devontae Adams. All the volume in the world to Devontae Adams, offensively. Defensively, we've acknowledged Rayshon Gary and Preston Williams. Kenny Clark is a stud. Jair Alexander is a stud at the cornerback position. Darnell Savage is a really, really good safety. But if I were to point to one, one matchup, I think the way this offense is going to work this year, is uh, you're going to see a, a continued focus on the screen game and quick passing, and you're going to see a lot of commitment to the running game. Aaron Jones is a guy who does both of those things. So I would point to Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones, who I expect to be very involved in the passing game, for a lot of the same motivations for why I picked Joe Mixon yesterday when talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. You've got to be able to contain him in both phases. Are your linebackers and are your safeties up to that task? If the answer is no, you might have a long day. So Miami at least will be playing at home in this contest, but I, I will shout out Aaron Jones uh, running back Green Bay Packers and A.J. Dillon, uh, but I think A.J. Dillon won't quite be as involved as a versatile player who, who's going to get a ton of volume in the passing game quite like uh, Aaron Jones will as well. We have two divisional games to bring us home again. And um, we've already established who the, the personnel issues are here. We've already established in week 15 at Buffalo that Mother Nature can be a problem for you. I'll shout out Mother Nature again in week 17 against the Patriots. And I'll also elect to shout out Christian Barmore, um, the New England Patriots defensive tackle. Against the Jets, I'll shout out the same names that we talked about yesterday. Uh, being Quinn Williams, Carl Lawson, 
and, and Elijah Moore. I'll, I'll, I'll elect to go back to Carl Lawson uh, and, and say if he makes it to the end of the season and stays healthy, yeah, he's somebody that we really have to keep a close eye on to make sure that uh, he, he doesn't win and, and collapse that pocket from the blind side with persistency. So uh, that is all the names, right, th that we have to acknowledge here on the show. But we have one more thing left to do. But before we get there, I remind all you guys about our friends over Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information with all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, the NFL Futures, all the fights, boxing, MMA, golf, you name it. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your scores, podcasts, and news. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. As we bring this show to a close today, our objective is simple. I want to identify the three most stressful and the three least stressful matchups, individual one-on-one matchups that the Dolphins need to be wary of all season long. And I think the first name, if if I'm going to be acknowledging stressful players, the most stressful matchups that we have, I will look to the Cleveland Browns and Miles Garrett. And the reason why is a lot of the other pass rush guys that we've acknowledged, the Von Millers of the world, the TJ Watts of the world, the Carl Lawsons of the world, they are players who... You can defend, you can neutralize with how you choose your offensive game plan, aka running the ball at them and stretching them and testing them at the point of attack to anchor while engaged laterally. Miles, Miles don't, don't work like that. Miles is somebody who is, I think, one of the most complete players in the NFL from a pass rush and run defense perspective. And that makes him somebody who, if they choose to attack a matchup or if the Dolphins have an injury with Teron Armstead, uh, can very much complicate what life is going to look like for you. If I were to look to the other side of the fence and shout out the least stressful of these players acknowledged and spotlighted here, I would probably point to Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver from the Houston Texans. Uh, again, I, I just don't think the Texans have enough, and Cooks is not the kind of receiver that will shred you by himself and turn your inside out. And even if he were, I don't think you have enough in other places to win one-on-one, -on -one. so if you need to push the safety that way, uh, I think you can. And I think the Dolphins would if it came down to that. If I were going to acknowledge another very stressful individual matchup. It would be Mother Nature because she shows up on this list twice in divisional games in December and January. And boy, oh boy, does that stink. New Year's Day and December 18th in New England, in Buffalo. And because we've seen how that played itself out last year when they played, certainly leaves a bitter taste in my mouth for how prepared the Dolphins can and will be to perform in those conditions should they arise 
again this year. Now that strip can change, but the Dolphins are going to have to go out and change that themselves with how they play. If I were going to acknowledge the next least stressful individual matchup, it's probably David Montgomery and the Chicago Bears. Uh, just because it's a back who would have to have a superhuman performance based on the offensive line that the Chicago Bears have against the Dolphins' defense. And even then, it's not a recipe for scoring a lot of points. So I'll acknowledge the Chicago Bears and David Montgomery as one of the matchups on this schedule as an individual personnel matchup that's probably their X factor that is one of the least assuming and least threatening from afar as of June 30th. Uh, the the last highly stressful individual player matchup that I would like to acknowledge is probably Cam Hayward and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know I cheated. I gave you Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. But Hayward inside against an unknown at left guard is scary. Uh, because I saw firsthand how that mixed with Melvin Ingram and a rush off the edge, which is what the Steelers have with TJ Watt, uh, what that did to the Buffalo Bills in 2021 in the season opener. So with the Monday episode being focused on discussing Liam Eikenberg and a potential projection to left guard, knowing that Cam Hayward is out there to play you, is an intimidating matchup. You're going to have to send extra help his way, and then it's going to be on everybody else to win their one-on-ones. So there's just there's some math there that the Dolphins need to be able to account for with how they choose to adjust their front against Pittsburgh. And then the, the third least intimidating is probably Frank Ragnow and the Detroit Lions, where it's a center, right? And the, the argument was, well, uh, you can change the math if the center wins his one-on-one. And sure, but is the center winning his one-on-one and changing the math in the grand scheme of things? Is that with the quarterback play that Detroit has and the skill players that's an overhauled group that still has a lot of youth and a lot of youth on defense? It's just, It just doesn't quite move the needle quite as much as some of the other contenders on this list. So hope you guys enjoyed. Power to the pod tomorrow on the show. I hope you plan accordingly. All of your questions, your your hot takes. Dolphins mailbag tomorrow, power to the pod. Plan accordingly. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I thank you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great Thursday, and I'll talk with you all again tomorrow.